2: Good morning, Eagle Nation. You got a Thursday edition of Birds 365 coming your way here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel with the Mac and Mac Bros. Uh, Key of Thursday being where we are now exactly five weeks away from the NFL draft. Uh, Kicks off on a Thursday night. Day two is Friday and then they clean up the rest of their stuff over the weekend. Uh, yeah, it's still five weeks. Doesn't it feel like it's about five days away, Johnny, Mark, or is that just wishful thinking <laughs> on my part? I'm, I'm way
3: behind on the draft, so not for me. You know, okay. because the Eagles you, made You such need a, those full five weeks, yeah, huh? The Eagles made such a significant run. I mean, typically that's when reporters like us, we gear up for the draft. Other teams, you know, you got plenty of time. Uh, You start to look at players, but you make that deep run and you're like, "Woof, step goes quick, man. Um, But, you know, that's good.
2: I didn't get a chance to see, I was busy yesterday during the day, the uh, uh, pro day at Ohio State, but I saw the highlights thereafter. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm going to be proven right. Uh, From before the season ever started, I said C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in this year's draft. And if he is not taken number one by the Carolina Panthers, they will have made a mistake. But that's just me. Uh, But that does not affect the Eagles at all because they already have their quarterback. The question is, when will they get that contract done? And that's something we'll be talking about for the next five weeks. Plus, it's going to go past the draft as well. Uh, but Stroud, Stroud did look good. But there were some other Ohio State guys, especially on the offensive line, that could absolutely – I like be- how
3: you describe pro day highlights, Jody. I'm <laughs> like, what do what, what we learn at pro day? There are no highlights
2: no at the pro day? Is that what you're trying to tell me, Jody? My, my,
3: my favorite uh, pro day of all time is probably uh, – there was such hype over Johnny Manziel's Johnny Manziel, pro day. Remember yeah. that thing? Okay. Uh, he's throwing over brooms. Oh, look at him throw over the broom. I'm like, what What? What are we doing here? I mean, yeah, I, I'm CJ Stroud's going to be the number one pick. I, I, that's pretty obvious. I mean, Carolina's trending in that direction. And we'll see if he develops into a, a, a superstar quarterback. He's got a lot of talent. I have no issues with your thought process of him should being the number one overall pick because, look. I'm I'm a little concerned. I think it's right to be concerned over the size of, of Bryce Young. You can look at Kyler Murray and say, you know, there's some limitations there, and that guy's ridiculously athletic. But there's still some limitations when you're that small playing that position. Um, so I agree with you on Stroud being number one overall, but not because of anything that happened at that pro day. I, uh, oh, uh, I'll come
2: tell on, you that. Teddy Mac, he moved the needle yesterday. I, I agree with your general sentiment that pro days are overrated and uh, good luck trying to find so since they're controlled and the player gets <laughs> yeah the scripted
3: back. the scripted throws I, I I I did see who scripted it was it uh, did you see who scripted the throws I forget no uh, I'll I'll look it up There are certain guys John Beck's one of them that script the throws script the for the pro days and. Uh, I, I did see huge scripted CJ's throws, but I got to look it up now.
2: He's uh, He's got the goods. And uh, yes, I uh, if you're an Eagle fan, you'd prefer if you believe that there's. And again, I, uh, I start evaluating these guys uh, uh, before the year ever starts. And I've always said uh, that it's a two quarterback draft and then there's a drop off, even though the drop off in the actual draft could be negligible, could be the next two picks. Quarterbacks could go one, two, three, four. Good luck to three and four. They are not as good as one and two, even though you're right. Young is a little undersized. We've seen undersized guys like Russell Wilson make a big time in uh, the NFL. So I think Young's going to be really good too, just not as good as Stroud. I don't feel nearly as confident about uh, either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. But uh, like I said, we got five weeks to get there. And the only effect they truly have on the Eagles, and it's almost become a non-effect, Is that uh, a month ago, two months ago, while the season was just ending up, there was a question as to how many quarterbacks were going to go in the draft in the first nine picks. Would it be four, which would mean only five other players would be drafted, which would mean the Eagles would get, uh, theoretically, the sixth best non-quarterback player. Well, that's going to be the case because the four quarterbacks are all going in the top uh, nine picks. They may go in the first four or five picks. uh, So the Eagles will get the player that uh, they're supposed to get. Uh, Again, we're doing speculation on this now, and it's probably a little premature since we're five weeks out. You don't think there's any chance that Howie Roseman's going to trade up, do you? Do you think there'll be a player in that group? Uh, you and I talked yesterday, you talked extensively about groups and the Eagles have groups, players and groups, and it changes from year to year and they may target, let's get one of these guys. You don't think they're going to move up, do you? I, think it's much- uh,
3: I do not think they're going to move up. I think it's much more likely if they do anything, they're going to go down. Uh, they want to add some mid-round picks. Yeah. Um, I, I look at that, who would that player be to move up for? I just don't see the, the huge difference. I, 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 mean, they, they sort of state their claim at cornerback for the next two seasons, at least doesn't mean they couldn't take a cornerback because, you know, we know how he and luxury picks and he's going to take you. He thinks the best player, but, um, if they like one of the cornerbacks, if they like one of the edge rushers, one of the defensive tackles, um, but I can't see them moving up. Um, and B. John Robinson, my buddy Ed Kratz, is desperately trying to get him B. John Robinson. It's just not going to happen, people. Stop. Stop it. Um, you know, unless he starts falling, um, and, oh. and and then you, have, you can have a conversation but not a 10, and they're certainly not going up uh, to get a running back. Um, So, yeah, I would say it's much more likely that they go down uh, than up in the draft. But, hey, you always leave that one sliver of a door open that they fall so completely in love with a player that they need this particular player. And, again, it's way too early in the process. Haven't even heard many whispers you know, last year I had a good feel for Jordan Davis. I had a real good feel for Jordan Davis. Real good feel for Cam Jurgens. I picked them both in uh, my mock draft, first round, second round. And it wasn't by accident. It was, you know, those mock drafts, when I do them later in the process. The key the key there being
2: later. If you if you do it later, you've got better information. you yeah, got a better chance exactly. to get it right. Oh, and guess I never,
3: what? I got them right. Yeah. And I never, my mock drafts aren't what I would do. It's what I think the Eagles will do. Um, that's, that's how I kind of do it. Cause who the hell cares who I want? Ultimately it's about who that team wants. Um, and you get a better feel. Yeah. Later in the process, I haven't heard many whispers. Uh, other than, you know, the typical offensive defensive line. I mean, that's, but that's, that's that's the Eagles, and, and they believe in it, and that part of it's true.
2: And I love – I'm a big mock draft fan. have been for 25 years, um, but I try and keep it in its proper perspective. Some people see a mock draft. Oh, the Eagles are taking this guy. No, they're not. That's just one man's opinion <laughs> <laughs> two and a half months ahead of time. It's just for conversational purposes and debate. It doesn't mean or lock the Eagles into anything, and – uh anything john and i say five weeks out and we are five weeks off from the draft officially today is just that a quasi educated opinion that means nothing because a lot can change between now and the draft all right something did change in the nfl yesterday at least the possibility thereof um i asked you on monday here on the show is there any chance of a return of the green goblin to philadelphia We've seen a lot of guys leave this year via free agency. We've seen a couple of very good Eagles retained. A couple of new additions that John's had a chance to talk to. They've been introduced to the Philadelphia media. I want to get his take on that in a second. Uh, but the one thing we haven't seen is an old hand coming back. Because the Eagles have done that before. Brought back guys who had been here and left. And give them another shot, a second run. Uh, and when uh, Jalen Mills was released by the Raiders, uh, the Patriots, made some sense to at least debate and think about how he would fit in returning safety a position of need for the Philadelphia Eagles. And that didn't happen. Four days later, much like Darius Slay, in uh, Jalen's case, he actually got released and was on the open market for a couple of days, but ended up uh, renegotiating and re-signing with the New England Patriots, who have said, They're planning on moving him to safety, which is where he would have played for the Eagles that he come back here. He's been playing corner the last several years for the Patriots. Did the Eagles miss out on the return of the green goblin?
3: Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't think it would have been a bad signing if they signed him, Uh, but you know, he got probably too much money on his restructure, uh, for what they're, you know, if you look at Justin Evans, uh, and I, I haven't seen his contract, but I'm going to guarantee it's for the minimum or maybe a little bit more. Um, with Jalen, he can make up to $6 million. So there's a, a pretty big difference from the money standpoint. But, you know, he, he knows how to play. Very smart player. Good leader. The Eagles know that. That's, the, you know, that's important. Not you know, it's not the first thing in line, but it's something nice that you always like to have a good locker room guy. Um and he's got that safety uh corner versatility they like as well. They really like players like that. Evans has that. He played um in the slot last year with the Saints. They always look for those players. Those mirrored players as Jonathan Gannon used to call them. Avante can do it. CJ could do it. Um and, and Jalen can do that as well. Um, yeah, he's 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 one of those guys, though, that I always say, Jody, I can't figure out. There's certain guys the fan base loves, and if you say even one constructive uh, 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 criticism, go even down, take a step down that path, they will jump down your throat. Oh, this guy's great. This guy's great. This guy's great. And then there's certain players, it's the opposite, and Jalen's one of those players. A lot of Eagles fans didn't like him, and I have no idea why. Because well, I know
2: why. I told you the other day during his time here in Philadelphia, Jalen gave up some really ugly touchdowns. He bite on a ball, the fake. double move, come in, yeah. double move. Guy gets behind him. You see him chasing from behind, ten yards behind the wide receiver as he coasts into the end zone and those indelibly get locked into the Eagles fans' mind. He's always beat. He's always getting burned over the top. He's too big a chance taker. Well, they look past the interceptions that he got and the good passes he defended. The only thing they remember are the plays he got burned on, and that's why I think some uh, – you're right. Know. It's not the full fan base, but some of the no, fan base – No, yeah, it's always never, small – It's always a here.
3: small portion. But, I mean, as a seventh-round pick um, – Won a Super Bowl at corner. I yep. mean, I, I, you know, that that these things should not be underrated. I, I'm by no stretch of the imagination was he a top tier corner, but by the time he he got to free agency and left here, he was a he was he turned himself into a pretty valuable player, which is why he got the contract he got. um, Yeah, so he's one. Of, I I wouldn't have had any problem. He's still relatively young. I wouldn't have had any problem, but for the contract he got or could get, you know, it's obviously we we know the numbers. There's a lot of funny money this time around, but that's probably a little bit more expensive than the Eagles wanted to go for for his um, standard of play. All right, so, let me so. run.
2: Let me run one more guy by you who's in a similar type position. I think your answer will be the same. Yeah, just the money's a little bit too big. Uh, who I think the Eagles may have missed out on yesterday, because there is at least it's being espoused out there as a theory. I don't know. I would bet the Eagles don't buy into it, but it, it's it's not just dismiss out of hand that if the Philadelphia Eagles are going to go fourteen and three again this upcoming year they're going to have to weigh more heavily on their offense. They're going to have to outscore teams. They're going to have to win shootouts. There's going to be a drop That's Bijan.
3: That's where Bijan comes in. Okay,
2: I'm not going down the Bijan road. I'm going down a different road. Yesterday, the New York Jets acquired Nicole Hardman via free agency, who has been a a very productive receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's got a pretty good guy named Mahomes throwing the football to him, but has been a pure slot guy but has that speed that can take the top off a defense. And, oh, by the way, good return guy as well, something the Philadelphia Eagles kind of lacked last year. He got a one-year deal with the ability, he got some uh, incentives in there to raise it up to $6 million. The Eagles could improve over Quez Watkins as their third wide receiver. If you want to really put together an offense that's scary, make him your slot receiver between – uh, Devante and AJ, that, that would fill the void of, hey, we're going to outscore you. Week in and week out, we're putting up 38. We think our defense can hold you to 35. Should the Eagles have thought about uh, investing more money in offense, more money in wide receiver, it would kind of tip the scales a little bit, but that could have been huge. Did they miss out on Nicole Hartman?
3: Um, I, um, you know, I've seen no evidence. Miko uh, and I like me cole but um i i like him as a player how much of that is andy reed i don't i don't he to me he's a manufacturer touch guy and i've seen no evidence that this coaching staff can use a manufacturer touch player or wants to use a manufacturer touch player they don't use a lot of motion they're not gonna uh jet sweep people a ton um we, we talked about they're at the bottom of the league with motion two consecutive years now um so i don't know if they're going to utilize that now maybe it's because they haven't had one you know and maybe if they got one they would J- use it
2: J- jalen Rager wasn't a good manufacturer no
3: no he was not uh, and that's not their fault um but so from that perspective i i don't i i have no evidence that he would be a good fit and he's not going to run routes like he's not he's not julian edelman he's not going to beat people in the slot with, with, with option routes and, and, and cutting on dimes and doing that stuff. So I, I don't, I don't necessarily, we talk about bit all the time, which is not. And I think the offensive staff more than the defensive staff has proven to be malleable um, starting with the quarterback. And maybe they would be that with a receiver. So I can't say not, but just from the fact that they, they, barely use motion as it is i can't imagine they're going to get me cole hardman and say all right let's turn into san francisco now put them with kyle shanahan and i'll say damn yeah give me that let me see they don't need them because they have debo samuel and every brandon Ayuk and everybody else but um andy reed yeah uh you know he's going to utilize them um I don't know. I don't, I don't see it as a fit here.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think given a chance, he can be a guy who can get behind defenses even more than he has. Oh, well, he can w- run,
3: but you know, even, even in Kansas city, uh, he, he, you know, his, his yards per catch were down. I, I think as a rookie, I'll look it up real quick as a rookie he was, you know, he didn't play that much. He didn't get that many. So he's at 20.7 as a rookie. Um, you know, and he just ran by people, sort of like Quez, like a one-trick pony. But in recent years, it's 11-7, 11-9. So, you know, as they tried to, ing- and he got injured. But
2: 11, you know, uh, eleven not bad. Uh, 20 is off the charts, but 11's not bad to itself.
3: And now it's more because he's, a, like I said, he's a manufacturer, touch player. He's not running by people. He's They're utilizing him more, or they were utilizing more, right. giving him the football near the line of scrimmage. I just don't see the Eagles doing that. I mean, they haven't done it. So, right. I, I, but you know, they haven't had that player either. Correct. And I don't think
2: Nicole McCall will come in here and be that player, but I think he could be good enough to just get back to getting uh, open over the top and making big plays. I uh, can he didn't use him because they were too worried about the the controlled touches. I just like the kid and I think he's gonna have a big year, whether it's from Brett Favre or whoever else is the Jet quarterback. It better be he
3: Brett Favre. We'll go we'll ocean. go Aaron Rodgers.
2: Aaron right. Rodgers. Thank you for correcting me.
3: Jody McDonald, uh, Brett McCone. could probably still play. He could probably still sling it. If he's not in jail. Here here are my choices. Brett Favre, Zach Wilson.
2: Oh, I'll take Brett Favre. Thank you very much. <laughs> At his advanced age, uh, Mac and Mac here with you on Birds Three Sixty Five. We see in our waiting room one of our faves from Bleeding Green Nation and the Eye on the Enemy podcast, John Stolness hadn't have Haven't had him on since free agency kicked in. We'll ask him to get up to date with his opinions on the new look Eagle roster. Next, here on Birds Three Sixty Five.
4: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit
5: imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home you were catastrophically injured your life and your family's life That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little.
3: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right
5: just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
6: Heading down the shore.
3: My name is uh, Franz and I'm a managing director here at Vale Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
2: They hang on birds 365. We appreciate you streaming in with the Mac and Mac guys. Go ahead. Hit that like button. You got to like it. John Stolness. Of course you have to hit the like button. Do so immediately. From bleeding green nation and the eye on the enemy podcast. John Stolness joins us. Uh, John, how you been enjoying free agency?
7: It's been a ride. Hasn't it? I mean, it's it. They haven't been quiet. It's been interesting. There's lots to talk They're about. never absolutely.
3: quiet. John. No, That's indeed. The beauty of This team. Yeah. yeah.
7: Well, let's start
3: with CJ um because that was probably the most interesting part so I want to I, I want to give you three options and then fill in the percentages uh okay. when you talk about CJ Gardner Johnson and and what mm-hmm. happens uh uh number one would be he just overvalued himself on the market. um uh, number two would be the personality people have talked about that the big personality maybe the Eagles got a little fed up with throwing Jonathan Gannon under the bus, tweeting and deleting, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third would be just, we in Philadelphia overvalued the guy as a player because of the, the interceptions in the splash plays.
7: You know, it's funny. I, I think all of those things are a factor and I, I, I would kind of weight them all pretty evenly. I'd say like a third, a third, a third, because I do think there is a, a fair amount to, to all of that. Um, we were in such desperate need for a safety going in training camp last year when CJ GJ arrived, It, it felt like, Oh, we've got the last piece. We've got the final piece to the puzzle. Uh, and he, and he did make those splash plays and, and, we've seen eagles secondary players these last few years that have failed to capitalize on opportunities so it was at least good that he was capitalizing on opportunities when they when they presented themselves and then when he got hurt it you know really seemed like it was a pretty damaging injury we were looking forward to him coming back reed blankenship played pretty well in his absence but Uh, Getting him back on the field for the playoff run, I thought was a was a good thing. But there's a chance we overvalued him because the need at safety felt like it was so great when they made the trade for him. So that's the first thing. The second thing is during the course of the season, we didn't hear a whole lot from Gardner Johnson in terms of, you know, running his mouth or tweets that he had to delete which by the way don't don't be a tweet deleter if you're gonna delete if you're gonna tweet <laughs> say keep keep it up man unless you unless you tweeted something factually inaccurate and then you own it in the next tweet then you don't do that man you know think before you hit the send button yeah um but that can be an issue and i know that was the reported concerns was you sign him to a multi-year deal he suddenly maybe feels freer to to speak out and to to tweet out and, and all that other stuff. And then you've got a, a headache on your hands. So that might've been part of it, but it does seem like they wanted him back uh, and that they were willing to deal with all of those things for a number. And it certainly sounds like they have a certain amount of money allocated for the different positions on the field or the different spots on the field. And once he turned down their initial offer, they moved on to Bradbury and they moved on to, to inking in sleigh. And then, even for $8 million on a one-year deal, for, for a team that's as cap-strapped as the Eagles are, that's still a significant chunk of the cap for a player that maybe they are not 100% in love with. I think I think if he were a a guy who they loved, they might have done that. But it does sound like that there was a little bit of pumping the brakes for $8 million for him.
2: And don't know if you saw it. Uh, our buddy Marcus Hayes wrote a good article in the Inquirer a yeah. couple of weeks ago talking about how Denard Wilson, the former... DB coach here now with the Ravens, Um, kept that room in order, that mm-hmm. there were a lot of big personalities in that room. And yeah. he kept it at times from blowing up and getting itself in trouble. Of course, he, he moved on and the Eagles, I don't want to say pushed him out the door, but they made it easy for him to leave without giving him the defensive coordinator position. Do you think that was part of it? that they said, listen, we kept, we kept it under control. John Stonis just said on birds, three sixty five, it wasn't all that bad during the year. Uh, CJ didn't, didn't blow himself up during the thir- 17 game regular seasons. Well, maybe that was because of Denard Wilson. Do you think the Eagles said, yeah, we, we, we walked the tightrope this year and we probably wouldn't be able to do it again with CJ.
7: Yeah, it's possible if Denard Wilson was laying on top of a grenade all season long. I mean, that's, <laughs> that certainly could be a reason why they decided not to bring him back. And that, You know, it doesn't and maybe they didn't want to saddle the new defensive coordinator with an issue like that as well. I mean, that's you know, if you bring Sean Desai in, the job's going to be challenging enough with losing all the players that you're going to lose. And if you're dealing with somebody who's going to make waves in in the locker room, that's that that can be an issue. I, I don't not knowing exactly what Denard Wilson, how he how. How he handled CJ GJ last year. And I think CJ GJ, understanding he was playing for a new contract, thinking he was going to get a multi year deal, was on his best behavior. So all those factors come into play. And, you know, it's, it is unfortunate. It's head scratching. You know, would I have rather seen them bring CJ GJ back for $8 million than sign Fletcher Cox for $10 million or whatever it was that he signed for? Yes. But once the die was cast, it really couldn't, it, it couldn't be re rolled again
3: um but we, talking about the splash plays and i'll bring the draft and be john robinson because that was a story this week because he was mm-hmm. in for a visit um people like splash plays it makes sense right you know fantasy football touchdowns interceptions points blah 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 but you bring up Fletch, there's some talk that maybe john they're you know bringing back the band again. This happened in 2017. Maybe how he's talked about his loyalty to certain players maybe goes a little bit too far. But you talk about the core four of this team, the so-called core four, you know, where are they? Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, offensive line, defensive line. Not as sexy, but this entire sort of, Foundation of this era of Eagles football, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I know people are disappointed there aren't more Super Bowls, but think about that. There's only one in franchise history. Um, it's a pretty good group as a whole. Why did? Why does every spring everybody go down that route? Is it just human nature
7: to um Brit, to to value the the lines or to? Yeah,
3: no, no. I'm saying the the. The splash plays, whether it's C.J.'s interceptions, whether it's Bijan, you know, dreaming about what he can add to this offense versus the sustained sustained success of what the Eagles do. Right. Building on the offensive and defensive lines.
7: Yeah, no. And because the splash plays get the attention, that's what gets the highlights. That's what you remember from from a season. And to be fair, in, in past seasons before really A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith got here the offense was exceedingly difficult to watch. It went, in, in the last couple of years of Carson Wentz being here, it was pulling teeth moving the ball down the field. It just felt like it was such a struggle to get anything happening. And so there was a, there was a severe drought of splash plays. And on defense, if you're not getting splash plays, defenses typically are on the field for a really long time. Unless you've got a front four like the Eagles had this year where you're sacking the quarterback and, and you're able to get the ball back that way. But the splash plays a lot of times are, are what separates the great teams from the, the middle of the pack teams. You know, look at the Giants. The Giants, they can kind of move the football. They But there's a cap on how good that offense can be with with the talent they have there. Whereas with the Eagles, they can jump and All of a sudden you've got Jalen Hurts. Connecting 65-yard. I mean, look in the Super Bowl when the Eagles were down eight. All of a sudden, you hit Devontae Smith for a big splash play to get you down to the, the one-yard line, and all of a sudden, you're in business. So the splash plays are really helpful, but you're right. They are predicated on stability along the line. So I'm a big balance guy in life. Just in general, balancing all kind, and I think you need to have, You need to strike a balance in football with having enough players on your team that can generate the splash plays, but also making sure that you're not doing that at the expense of making sure your offensive lines and your defensive lines have depth, that they're consistent, and that they're stable. And I think the Eagles are trying to walk that fine line with a very with very limited cap space this year, and they're going to have to hit some hit on some guys in the draft to fill both of those roles. I think you're going to need to find a, a, a couple of draft guys that can make a splash play. And you're also going to need to help you with depth and get some guys who can, can be consistent performers down the road.
2: JS it's, I know it's kind of boring. You were talking about how splash plays grab everybody's attention. Oh, we all agree on that. And signing someone from another team always grabs attention. Just retaining your own players isn't near as sexy as taking someone off someone else's team and they've uh, brought back some very good players and that's why i still think they're the favorite to go to the nfc but they've lost players and others as well what's the biggest loss the eagles have suffered so far this offseason in your mind
7: i i think it's hargrave i don't i don't think there's a whole lot of debate about that i mean it's funny I wrote about this this week. Uh, you, you would think that losing a running back that piled up 1200 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground, more people would be talking about that loss, but people seem to be okay with Miles Sanders leaving and I'm I, you know, I feel like behind this offensive line and with the with the the offense this team has, I I'm, I'm not overly worried about it. So I feel like Javon Hargrave, you're you're asking Jordan Davis and Milton Williams and I guess to a degree Fletcher Cox as well to pick up the slack for, for Hargrave, who in the, in the year, the three years he was here was a monster in the middle, getting to the, getting to the quarterback at the defensive tackle position. And those guys are really rare. There's a reason he was the number one free agent on the market this offseason. Um, It really hurts that he went to San Francisco because as we saw in the NFC championship game, if you stop Bosa, you can largely slow down the 49ers defense. But in that case, now you've got a guy in the middle who generates his own pressure. He doesn't rely on the edge rushers crashing and just cleaning up the trash. He creates his own pressure in the middle of the field. So I think that's going to be the biggest loss. That's going to be the hardest for them to replace. I expect them to address the position in the draft, but they're not going to get another Javon Hargrave type season out of any of the guys who are currently on the roster. I don't think unless we're going to see a big jump from Jordan Davis or a big jump from Milton, Milton Williams. I don't see it. I don't know how they replace it. I don't know what they do scheme wise to make up for that, but uh, they're going to have to figure that out because him, th- them losing him, I think was by far the biggest loss.
3: Uh, silver lining. I'm going to p- play devil's advocate a little bit. Um, the Eagles aren't good against the run in general. Um, m- mainly because they don't care about the run. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> And they're probably right for the most part. I always joke nobody cares about the run offensively or defensively until, until Isaiah Meeker goes the for what he did in the second yeah. half of the Super Bowl. And, then all of a sudden th- people yeah.
2: realize, uh oh, oh, maybe we should stop the run. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. As good as Jayvon was as a pass rusher, he wasn't a good run defender um, right. as a defensive tackle. So there's no way. I mean, I put Jordan Davis aside, he's got to be a, a better player, but he plays a different position. Milton Williams is going to be the guy to get a lot of Javon Hargrave's snaps. You're not going to be the same pass rusher. He's just not. Even with his athleticism, as you mentioned, put Aaron Donald to the side. I mean, Javon's in the conversation for being the best interior pass rusher in the NFL. You're not going to get that from Milton Williams. Yeah, He's probably going to be better against the run. And, you know, if my linebackers are Nicobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow and my edge rusher's Hassan Reddick, who looks like a wide receiver when you see him <laughs> standing there, I mean, maybe having somebody in the middle can mock up the running game a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit more important than we think. Uh, am I going too positive there?
7: No, I think there's a fair amount there to, uh, to, to grab a hold of. I mean, for sure, uh, you would want – to do better against the run. And we'll see what Sean Desai's philosophy is on this, whether he's willing, more willing to commit to the run, whether he's more willing to run blitz uh, on occasion uh, when in, in obvious running situations, the, the problem with with doing that is that at least with Jonathan Gannon's defense, it was almost totally reliant on the front for getting pressure on the quarterback. If they weren't doing that, Offenses had little difficulty moving the football on on Jonathan Gannon, at least until they got into the red zone. And generally speaking, against the non-elite quarterbacks, they were able to, to hold teams to three points or get the splash play, like we were talking about. Um, but I think if you don't have that front four generating that kind of pass rush and pass rush, and Jonathan Hargrave, Javon Hargrave was a huge part of that. It, I, I'm it's a little it's going to be harder to see how they can generate the sacks that they were able to generate last year. And that was such a huge part of what they do. And this defense is still very incomplete. I mean, I don't think we've got our starting linebackers yet. Both of them anyway. I know i Mara. We'll see exactly what his role is going to be, but I know maybe he's the starter. Maybe he isn't the safeties. I think there's still a lot of work to be done there. So we don't know exactly what this is going to look like yet, but I think you're right in that you might get some, better success against the run. But in order for this defense to really work, unless Sean decides going to change things up and, and blitz more or, or have some more exotic uh, 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 plays with the defensive line, they're going to struggle to generate pass rush without Javon Hargrave in there, at least up the middle. All
2: right, J.S. Let me give you an alternative to your Javon Hargrave biggest loss theory, which is probably right, but uh, I'm just going to go in a different direction. Certainly he's the best player that they lost. Uh, i'm a huge yeah. edwards fan i love the kobe dean cj dj was a talented player all other things aside here's what i'm nervous about i think they could miss shane stike in the play caller more than anything else comparing one season to the next uh sorry brian johnson you may do a better job than shane stike and but i haven't seen it we haven't seen it in the nfl level he was an okay play caller on the collegiate level that's different calling plays in the nfl um, that scares me a little bit going into the season. And I think they might actually have a tougher time replacing Shane Steichen than any of the players they lost. Am I overreacting?
7: I think that's fair. I think, I don't think you're overreacting. Um, I do take some solace in the fact that this is Nick Sirianni's offense. And, you know, a lot of times the game plan is, is put together with Sirianni's direction. Now you're right. The, the in-game play calling is a huge part of it. And there's a reason Shane Steichen was, was highly sought after sought after. And why I think most people believe he's going to be a very good head coach in the NFL is his ability to call plays. He really did seem to, have a rhythm all season long, knowing how to use Jalen hurts and when to use the run, when to dial up the big play. So yeah, that's a huge question mark, whether or not Brian Johnson can do it. I I do think that, you know, it may not be beautiful right off the bat. If there's going to be some growing pains, Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I I, I'm not as worried about it. I don't think maybe as, as you are, or maybe as some other people are, because I think Johnson seems like a, a very competent coach I know the obviously the quarterback trusts him. Nick Sirianni trusts him, and it's a collaborative effort at least up until game day. Until you know, once once that uh, once the ball kicks off and they start uh, they start calling plays, and I'm sure Nick Sirianni is in the headset with suggestions and whatever. So you know, this is one of those wait and see things for me. I'm willing to let it play out and um, you know kind of see how it goes. But it's a concern. There's no doubt about it. Whenever you lose a guy who was as talented a play caller as Steichen, there's no guarantee you're going to get somebody who's as good on the other side of it.
3: Yeah. And I've mentioned that before. I agree with Jody. I think people underestimate how good Shane was. He just has a feel for it, but yeah. I will say this. I'm not as concerned because the Eagles are just going to out talent people on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, yeah. they have so many playmakers, the offensive line. If it's not number one with the move away from Isaac to Cam Jergens, still going to be top five. It's still going to be one of the best offensive lines in football. We'll see how the backfield shakes out in in theory if he could ever stay healthy. And maybe it's time for Rashad Penny to get some luck and and he does stay healthy. And I think he would be an actual better fit if he could stay on the field. Now, that's a big if. They might draft somebody. I think any running back is going to be relatively effective behind that offensive line. So we'll go back to the defense, John. There are more changes on the defense. We talked about Sean Desai. If Jonathan Adam was back, if Javon Hargrave was back, if, if C.J. Gardner-Johnson was back, I don't think they would have had the season they had this year from a statistical standpoint. You mentioned the sacks. They're not getting 70 sacks. Right. Even if Javon, back. they're not getting 70 right. sacks. Right. So there's going to be a regression to the mean, even if everybody was back, and now you've lost five starters... I'm really concerned about the defense, and, and poor Sean Desai from the, the, the standpoint of the expectations are out of whack. So he's not only got to deal with all the turnover, John, he's got to deal with these unrealistic expectations. That's going to be difficult.
7: Well, I mean, here's the thing: Are the expectations going to be unrealistic, though? Understanding all the players that they've lost, I mean, I I, I feel like
8: I, I feel the like the fans
7: will move right past that. You you'll you acknowledge <laughs> it, I'll acknowledge yeah.
8: it.
2: Yeah, the Eagle fans I, might not.
7: I'm new here, I guess. Yeah, that's very <laughs> naive. Um, I for, for I'll speak for myself. Then I am not expecting the defense to do what it did last year, but I, I think that's one of the reasons. It, I I'm actually more optimistic that the defense can weather this without Jonathan Gannon because i think we know what Jonathan Gannon would do would have done and i'm i don't because he was so reliant on on that front four to to get pass to get past rush and for that his defensive scheme to work understanding that of course, you're not going to generate that kind of pass rush again, that you're not going to get those kinds of results again. I'm not sure what other tricks he has in the bag when that's not working. We kind of saw that in the Super Bowl. There's, there, there's not, even, he doesn't really have a whole lot of other things that he can go to, or that he felt comfortable going to when the front four wasn't, wasn't getting home. So with Sean Desai, I feel more comfortable with the unknown here because I don't know if he will try some different things. If he's, if he is going to figure out different ways to get pressure on the quarterback, or if he is going to force quarterbacks to, to do something different, to funnel the ball outside the numbers a little bit more than Jonathan Gannon made them do. If, if, if the, if Sean Desai is going to force quarterbacks to throw the ball against Slay and Bradbury and, and and Maddox and really use that advantage that that they have instead of letting them pick the defense apart underneath against the linebackers and the, and the safeties, I'm I, I'm a little I'm concerned about the defense. There's no doubt about. It. There's a talent drain. I also believe Howie Roseman is going to continue to add pieces, and that this defense is nowhere near the finished product that it is that it looks like right now. And with Sean Desai, I'm 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 hopeful that it's just going to look a little different and and we're going to see things differently than we saw with Jonathan Gannon. And again, I, until we get closer to training camp and we see who's on the field and we get a sense of what the side wants to do, I'll, I'll wait and see on that as well. John, we all get narrow focused during the off season on what the Eagles are doing, what the Eagles
2: are doing what tunnel vision on what the Eagles are doing. Yeah. You know, by the way, a couple of teams in the division have actually had okay off seasons. And I think the Cowboys are the biggest one. They're certainly the closest in the rearview mirror to the Eagles. And then Stephon Gilmore for Mm -hmm. a day three pick and uh, Brennan Cooks for a day three pick. Not bad out of Jerry, the general manager down there in Dallas. Um, I'm not saying they've caught the Eagles, but they've narrowed the distance between themselves and the Eagles. Would you agree?
7: Yeah, I think uh, you have to say that um, when you combine what the Eagles have lost to what the what the Cowboys have gained. Um, I think last season, a lot of Cowboys fans were frustrated by the inactivity of the team. And um, the shoulders, Jerry Jones said, yeah, everything's cool. We're 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 good and not understanding. And, you know, we underestimated too what Jalen Hurts was going to be this year. I, we didn't expect the Eagles to to leapfrog the Cowboys necessarily uh, in terms of in terms of talent. But uh, I, I think they're close. Um Certainly uh, they they've done a lot to, to help the receiving core. The defense remains strong. So um, it'll be remains to be seen what Gilmore has left in the tank, but he played well last year and, and coupling him with Trayvon Diggs, I think it's an interesting conversation who has the better cornerback duo in the division, whether it's Gilmore and, and, uh, and digs or slay and Bradbury. That's kind of a fun conversation. Uh, The quarterback comparison is a fun conversation. I'm, it's funny you list, you ask anybody to to list their their top five or top ten NFC quarterbacks and Jalen Hurts is at the top and then after that there's a whole wide range of different possibilities for next year but I think Dak has to be number two or number three so uh, there's going to be that that closeness between these two teams there is absolutely a scenario where the Cowboys leapfrog the Eagles this year I mean we've seen that in this division since 2005 that yeah. you know teams don't don't win this division two years in a row so. I don't think they have and I think the Eagles will continue to add um this this offseason and remain the better team with the more competitive roster. I, I think the the coaching staff is is also uh, better than than what they have in Dallas, but that being said, Dallas always plays Philadelphia tough. Things happen, stuff happens and the Cowboys have absolutely improved themselves this offseason. Hats off to them. They've they saw the Eagles hit the Super Bowl last year and decided, "No, that's not happening again. And they're going to, they're they're being more aggressive than they have been in recent off seasons.
3: Uh, at John Stolness, follow John on Twitter, uh, bleeding green Um, also our producer Xander's fired up about the Phillies. Get your Phillies news from John hey. as well. Um, I'll end it with you, John, with the players, the Eagles have added, um, mm-hmm. And there's a couple themes. Obviously, they want to go cheap because they want to go those 20. They want to make sure they get their four 2024 compensatory picks. So we understand that. Yeah. Um, they've also, you know, tried to pick talented players that maybe have had some injury history. Rashad Penny and Justin Evans, former second round pick. Reedy uh, Williams, former second round pick. Uh, Nick Borrow. Uh, A little bit outside of that box uh, as an undrafted free agent. But he's had some injury issues as well. Are the Eagles – I know there's one team that has a better medical staff, and that's the Saints because they're saving people's lives. That's the (laughs) third time. John Dorenbo's Nick Barely. Now they found poor Foster Moreau, uh, and and good luck to him, uh, diagnosed with uh, lymphoma. Lymphoma. Boma yep. can't say it. Um, are the Eagles too? I don't. Uh, do they have a little bit too much hubris when it comes to their medical staff? They had a great season when it came to you know player games lost and you know the maintenance mm-hmm. days and the load management. It all worked out beautifully, but I do think there's a little bit of luck there. And Rashad Penny, I've said, you know what that guy. He's due for some good luck. So I'm pretty optimistic about him uh, staying healthy because he's due. Uh, He's still a young guy. um, And we'll see how things shake out. But do you think they're a little bit too haughty when it comes to that kind of stuff?
7: I think right now, I mean, I, you see this in other sports too. It's like, you're, you're looking for guys who can come back off an injury and, and have talent but and, and can play well. Any, I would rather the Eagles go in that direction than sign aging free agents on cheap deals, because I'm all for upside when it, when it comes to, when it comes to something like a Rashad Penny type signing, I'd rather them go out and get him, than go out and get some 33 year old veteran running back on a, on a one-year deal or something like that. Um, and, and you do you hope that your your medical staff which has shown that they are that they've gotten much better since the Doug Peterson medical staff days when we were losing player games to injuries more than any other team in the NFL, you're not going to be as healthy as you were last year. I mean there's again that's another regression uh, that we're going to have to anticipate in, in 2023 but um, I, I think that with with these guys that are coming back off of injury they showed at least last year that they were healthy. I mean, for the, the penny aside, the defensive ads—they—they they played a majority of games last season, so it's not as if they're coming off an ACL injury that forced them to miss all of last year, and they're hoping the medical staff can re- rehabilitate them. They're—they're—they're they're, they're getting some guys who, at the at the early part of their years, has showed promise, got hurt last year, played pretty well or played more, and are looking now to kind of springboard that into the next few seasons. I think that's a smart thing to do. Um, You hope that these players, I think the idea is these players are coming in healthy and then you're just trying to maintain them through, like you said, load management through, through workload and for all the hemming and hawing and hand wringing last year in the summer about how little the Eagles were practicing. They emerged as one of the healthiest teams in the NFL. So I think they've earned a little bit of that trust with these guys and, you know, we'll see how it shakes out, but I think it's a smart way to build a team when you've got cap issues.
2: J.S., my last question to you is a two-parter. And we've had you here on Birds 365. I've had you on my other shows. I don't know that I've ever addressed this with you before. Roger Goodell signing a contract extension with the National Football League. Is that good for the Eagles? Is it good for the National Football League? Roger Goodell is one of those lightning rod kind of guys who people seem to have a strong opinion about. I do. I've shared it before. I'll share it again Mm -hmm. if need be. What's your opinion on Roger Goodell and the NFL staying under his auspices for the next uh, additional six, seven, eight years?
7: Well, if you're looking at the business side of it, I get it. You know, the NFL has never been healthier. It's it's never been stronger. I think he's completely tone deaf when it comes to PR, when it comes to handling um, player suspensions, when it comes to. You know cal- how how much time does Calvin Ridley get suspended for versus Deshaun Watson, and you look at the the, the comparison and the of this of, of the the things that they did. I mean, it's just it's it's hard to wrap your head around some of the decisions that are made by Goodell and by the front office and uh, and, and league officials. And um, there certainly are things that uh, about the NFL that that I don't. I don't like the way they, they handle a number of different issues from a, from a front office standpoint, as far as the, the, how it affects the Eagles. I don't, I don't know that it, whether it's Goodell or another commissioner, whether or not there's a, a real impact on Philadelphia in particular, but uh, if there is happy to hear reasons why, but uh, yeah, if any, any commissioner I'm trying to, str- I struggle to think of a commissioner who would be any better, you know, major league baseball's commissioner is, is kind of the same way. These commissioners are all in the pockets of the owners they don't look out generally speaking, for what's best for the sport. They look out for what's best for the owners of the sport because they're hired by the owners. yeah, and so it, it's yeah. it's it's hard to it's hard to say, well, if it's if it wasn't Goodell and you get this guy in there, they're they're going to be the 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 bastion of what's best for the sport. I just don't think it works that way, that, and, that's and,
3: true, John. It's like everyone says, He's terrible. Insert name. Well, who's not going to be terrible in that He's not going to be terrible. Yeah. yeah,
7: yeah. It's just the nature of the beast with that job. I mean, if you really had a commissioner of a, of a sport, should be an ombudsman. They should be that a person who is looking out for what's best for the sport, whether that's in the best interest of the owners, or the players' association, or the fans. That's just not how it works. No. I think we all understand that. So,
2: yeah. And I was glad to hear you say, yeah, uh, it's not everybody hates Philadelphia. Because uh, I get enough of that on the phone. Oh, Goodell thinks, <laughs> you know, well, he doesn't like the Eagles. Yeah, yeah I, I, and, I, and I, you're I will, that is, What other than because you say so? Well, oh, I don't know. He
1: just doesn't like the Eagles. Yeah,
3: you I, get... I, I will. And I hate when I have to defend Roger Goodell. But what one of the things which I think most people don't understand, especially when it comes to punishments, because those are so high profile. You mentioned Calvin Ridley. Some of the punishments are structured like the gambling punishment that's collectively bargained. There's no wiggle room. Whereas the personal conduct issues, there's wiggle room. So, you know, and, and I get it, you know, fans will say, well, Calvin Ridley gets suspended for a year and -and so-and-so with domestic violence. That's not Roger's fault. I hate that it's one is structured. One is not. And I I don't you know, the the union and the league have to get together to fix that. Uh, you know, one has wiggle room, one doesn't, and that's really difficult to explain to to people. It really is because I've been trying to do it for over two decades <laughs> <laughs> and they just don't get it uh johnny great stuff
2: today we appreciate you coming on board no full well we'll be asking you back well before the draft happens because five weeks from today it gets underway it'll be here before you know it uh we'll get you up for uh, some draft opinions appreciate you jumping in and joining us here today
7: you bet guys anytime thanks he thanks he is John. at
2: bleeding and does a great eagle podcast eye on the enemy John is here with us on birds 365. All right, Jody Mac coming back a little bit later. We'll get a uh, more national view. Our buddy, Mike tenure from football outsiders is going to jump in. McMullen and McDonald coming back here on birds 365. Next.
4: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit the oceanac.com to
5: plan your visit i get scared sometimes of a lot of things joining in decisions the dark the dark But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward.
6: Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find? Or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights? Or reminds you to go with the flow? To get your feet wet? And your wheels spinning one that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away find the best of yourself get lost in the woods plan your stay in the wild woods today Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With Action News and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action News and AccuWeather, the team you trust.
8: We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their social security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
5: As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job, a personal injury from someone else's negligence turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story it's time to meet the Fritz and Cooley law firm and managing partner Brian Fritz badly injured call the Fritz and Cooley law firm find out why they say we got this oh.
2: McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Your Mac and Mac guys uh, appreciate everybody streaming in and commenting on our stream. Some of you guys make me laugh. Some of you guys just make me roll my eyes. But we do appreciate your uh, being part of it while we're doing the show, and we appreciate whenever you hit the like button. Go ahead, like, share, and subscribe to your boys on uh, Birds 365. All right, you you kind of touch on this with uh, John Stolness. And I want to uh, go a couple steps further with that. I think it was uh, Ruben Frank. It was either Ruben or, or David Zangaro, who on NBC uh, Sports uh, just went a little bit more in-depth on. Yes, Eagles have done what they've done during the offseason. Yes, they've kept some good players. Yes, they're still a major favorite to uh, win the NFC again this year potentially go back to a Super Bowl. But the players that they retained were a little bit old. Darius Slay, age 32, Fletcher Cox, certainly Jason Kelsey, uh, that the Eagles, while we believe that uh, by the time we get to the beginning of the season roster, we'll have some young guys in place playing. They also kept some guys who have got some age on them. Um, Do you buy the theory that the Eagles didn't do enough to churn the roster so far
9: this
3: offseason? No, not at all. In fact, I'm I'm – like I think correct me if I'm wrong, Jody. I think the Eagles won the NFC championship. I think they were in the Super Bowl. I think they were within, you know, uh tied uh, with
2: ten seconds to go. Tied
3: with ten seconds. They're pretty close in that game. I I don't think there's any evidence that you should again this is the Sam Hickeyization of Philadelphia I mean everybody's oh you didn't win uh, it, it, you gotta start thinking about 2025 and 20 what, what the hell are you talking about this is still the best team in the NFC yes there are people closing the gap I would say Dallas and, and Detroit most notably um, but I still wouldn't put them ahead of the Eagles Everybody knew, including the Eagles first and foremost, Howie Roseman told it to you if you were listening, we're going to lose some players. But that doesn't mean they can't compete. They already had this plan into place. We're going to go, yes, they have to ultimately be right on Jordan Davis and Milton Williams and to Kobe Dean and Cam Jurgens, And we'll see if they're right or wrong. But they have this mix, and this is what you do in the NFL. Look, you're a competitive team. You get back your core, and we call it the core four. We stole it uh, from baseball and the Yankees and, and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. They're uh, all pro uh, in Jason's case, all pro in Lane's case. Um, Brandon's coming off a double-digit sack season. Fletcher Cox had seven sacks, which is really good for an interior player. Why the hell are you moving on? You got you, you saved four million bucks on Fletcher Cox. You saved money on Brandon Graham. You got Kelsey back for an extra 250 grand. Uh, that's it. That was his raise. And Lane Johnson was already under contract. Why would you move on from any of those four players? Any of them. It makes no sense to me. The, They're still the- playing at a high level. The only one out of that core
2: for it that I thought, and again, you you just lay out a comparison. Fletcher Cox, four million dollars savings down from fourteen to ten. Well, he wasn't worth fourteen million last year, so I don't know that you glorified that savings. Oh, you save four million. Well, but what should you have been paying Fletcher Cox if you're just going to analyze?
3: Well, I mean, if you if you analyze the the league in that position, like John brought up, CJ versus Fletcher. I mean defensive tackles get paid more than that's, that's I, I mean true. part of it is that um and it's more you know I don't it's not necessarily more difficult but look the 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 value of the position is a little bit higher so that's baked into it as well um yeah I mean I I guess at the point when you have the 53 man roster right I'm not necessarily looking at um the valuation that's for the off season that's where we are right now but that's where that's we fair. are right now you, yeah you that's, fair. About that. that's fair that's uh, fair as far as as football players and and getting to the NFC championship getting that close to the super bowl yeah i still think bletcher is a valuable player uh, you, it, it's a fair point to say you know it's probably not 14 million dollars valuable but I get you know you know what else makes him more valuable. Now you start talking about ten, so it's ten versus fourteen, and now you don't have Javon Hargrave. So you damn well better not not have Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. Then you're really up a a, a a a creek. So that factors into it as well. And you knew Jody, you weren't bringing back the Eagles. knew they weren't bringing back Javon Hargrave. They knew it. They knew it. They knew he was going to get twenty million dollars on the open market. He got twenty one million. What can you do? You tip your hat and say, and that's why the plan was in place with Milton Williams. It's Milton Williams again, more than Jordan Davis, because it's a, a different position. Um, the plan was in place, and I think that's a good young player, Milton Williams. I really so do. do. I.
2: I think he's, he's not going to be
3: Jay Bond, but he's a he's a good young player.
2: He he will do a good job for them this year. I thought he took. If you were looking at players with the end of the previous season and what they finished this past season with, I would say Milton Williams took as big a step as anybody not named Jalen Hurts on Eagles uh, improving from one year to the next. And, oh, by the way, he was behind Jordan Davis. And I know the Eagles played different fronts, and uh, but Davis and Fletcher and, and Javon were all here, so he only had so many snaps to play. An increased number of snaps from the previous year, but, oh, believe me when I tell you, snaps will increase even more, and I think he'll do a good job for the Eagles. Yeah, the reason I brought it up is because I think Fletcher is the only one. And the bottom line is, when push comes to shove, because you made the best point there at the end. When you're subtracting Javon Hargrave, can you afford to also subtract Fletcher Cox? Chances are the answer is no. So if you got to overpay a little bit to just to make sure you're not taking a massive step back at that position, you do it. And they did it with Fletcher Cox. He's the only one. Um, they had to do what they did with Slay because if not. And this is Howie. How he's very good. We give him a ton of credit for being able to manage the cap, but from time to time, like he did this year, he paints himself into a bit of, of a, a, a corner with his uh, retractable years at the back end. He did it again with Slay. He cleaned it up, but he just pushed it on down the road because Slade's got years, I think, that go to like 2029 20, now. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. At you some point, on, you got to so pay the piper on that. And he basically
3: redid it. his... But, but the thing is, now you know, because the TB deal's in place, the Eagles now know the cap is going up incrementally over the next five years. So um, that's baked into it as well. But you're right. I mean, voidable years are a, a, a calculated gamble. But, you know, there's a reason why everybody else is copying the Eagles, uh, uh, Jody because everybody else is using multiple years now too. So can't be that bad of an idea.
2: No, but uh, I'm just pointing out that at some point the bill comes due. You, you can't avoid it forever. You can keep pushing it along and, pushing well, along. and it
3: helps to have an owner, by the way, who is willing to eat dead money. Um, when you do make an evaluation mistake, not evaluation, evaluation like right. Carson Wentz, um, that Jeffrey Lowe a big part of this as well. And people over, over, you know, mm-hmm. gloss over that because there's a lot of owners that won't let you move on from mistakes. Um, and Jeffrey's not one of them. No, he's, uh, he
2: gives Howie Roseman a lot of, uh, rope to play with, uh, to keep the Eagles in the best, uh, cap spots that they are. And, um, he's done a, a good job again this year. But again, and, and I think, I, maybe I don't know the numbers well enough, the theory of, yeah, but the cap's going up. Yeah, but the cap's going up. We, we do know the cap's going up because it goes up every year. The percentages that they match up, Do they line up for the chances you're taking. Here's the one thing you come back to. And and I know you agree with me on this one because we feel exactly the same. The Eagles are an all in team. I know they didn't win the Super Bowl last year. They were tied with 10 seconds ago. It would be nice to have that uh, feather in your cap, and it would make doing what they're doing that much easier had they won it, but they didn't. What do you want them to do, take a step backwards? Yeah,
3: That's what I was saying at the beginning. It's the yeah. Sam Hinkization of Philadelphia. Why wouldn't you be all in? I mean, there are times where you have to take a step back and revamp Yep. And by the way, that's where the Eagles were coming off the Doug Peterson era. You know, and 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 Jeffrey Lurie stated it. Hey, we got a different focus, you know, and they got back really quick. So from that standpoint, what are you worried about? All right, if things don't go, they'll get back really quick. Um, they've proven they can do it. I just don't get it. You're, you're 10 seconds you're, you're tied with 10 seconds left in the Super Bowl, as you said, Jody. Why the hell wouldn't you be all in for the next season? Makes no
2: <laughs> sense whatsoever. That's why uh, I was a little surprised by Ruben's thing. And the biggest the biggest guy is, is Jason Kelsey, because if you say, oh, they're too old. Well, that's determined by your average roster player, and you add everybody and divide by how many places. Well, Jason Kelsey's going to run the number up. He's going to make you an older team because you're bringing him back. The alternative is don't bring back the best player at the position that he plays in the NFL. What are you, nuts? Yeah. You've got the best center in the NFL. What yeah. are you going to do? Judge his age or judge his capabilities on the field? Oh, I think he well, will his capabilities and, and, and on the field.
3: We heard that argument with some people, um, uh, you know. Well, maybe you bring Isaac back. I mean, I love Isaac, Sam. I mean, come on, right? You know, with all due respect, uh, Jason Kelsey can do what he wants. Um, And if he wants to come back, the Eagles are going to welcome back with open arms. Now, at some point, yes, there's going to be a decline. There's going to be a significant decline. Maybe he gets out before then. It happens to everybody. But I mean, he was, if he wasn't the best center in football, he was number two to Creed Humphrey, uh, who you also saw in the Super Bowl last season. So again, why in the hell would you want to move on from Jason Kelsey? It it, it Sam Hinky broke this city. Why? You had the best player because he's a little bit older? I mean... You just can't think like that. No. And and I'm you know, I'm with people. I always say it, you know, better to give up on a year a player a year early than a year late. All that stuff, but not when you're a contender. There's also uh spots, you know, if you're the Chicago Bears, who we talked about a lot over the past week or so, they're in a different spot than the Eagles. They're rebuilding. All right. So they don't want a 35-year-old anything because when they do get good to be in a position to make a run, those players aren't going to be relevant. Right? There are different spots. So I get it from the Sixer standpoint back in the day. Yeah, they were tanking. They don't want anybody with any credibility, anybody helping them win games. That's a different spot. When you're a significant contender, you don't think – like you're the Sixers tanking. And too many people think that way. It's bizarre to me.
2: Makes no sense whatsoever. And that's why I was a little surprised uh, by those that were suggesting. Yeah, but they didn't get younger during the... No kidding, they didn't get younger because they're still trying to win a Super Bowl. And they've got players that a year older are as good as anybody else at their position. So you're not just going to cast them aside or move over or, or turn your roster because oh, we have to get younger as an entire team. No, you don't. And they they didn't, like I said, the only one who I thought got overpaid by a little bit, I'm not saying, oh, my God, what the hell would they think of re-signing him, was Fletcher. I, I don't think he's a $10 million player anymore, but when you factor everything in that they lost Javon Hargrave in the same offseason, yeah, they probably had to overpay him. Kelsey, no. Slay, no. The guys that they brought back. Now, here's one thing I will say about uh, the corners. And, you know, I, I was on Bradbury's bandwagon when he was still wearing giant blue, as a matter of fact. If those guys both get old fast at the same time this upcoming season, yeah. that that could hurt. That could mm-hmm. hurt. And I'm not saying I'm projecting it or predicting it. You want a prediction out of me? I think they're both going to be tough flight like corners again this year. And the Eagles are going to be good with it. But at corner, sometimes you do see that drastic drop off just from one year to the next. Uh Oh, he got old fast. The Eagles can't afford that at corner. They made a commitment to both of those two guys, at least financially, that uh, they, they need them to stay at that high level, certainly for 2023, if not 2024. If there's one spot where I say, all right, they're out on a little bit of thin ice, not telling you it's going to crack. I'm just suggesting if it does, uh, you're in and, trouble.
3: And, and and by the way, our, our buddy Dave Zangaro got the uh numbers for both Slay and, and, and Bradbury's contracts. Very, very team friendly. Um, it,
2: so is it or or aren't they?
3: Oh, Again, they I, are. I read
2: the I read the same article you you did. Team friendly now. But if Slay all of a sudden gets old this year, they're back in as bad, if not a worse position going forward with dead money on the cap. Like I said, well, they well, got the four well, yeah, but... years going to 2029. That's team-friendly now, but team-friendly can turn into team ugly pretty quickly. If yeah, the but
3: I, I, to- I, I mean, look, it, 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 you're, you're right, Jody. I mean, if anybody goes in the toilet as a player, uh, it, it, it's bad news. But it doesn't change the fact that the contract is team friendly. So, you know, Carson Wentz, I, that's the best example. That was a good contract by the Eagles. They got the player wrong, they got the, the, the player went in the toilet. But for where he was at the stage of when they signed that contract, I will argue to my dying day that was a good contract by the Eagles. Uh, but they right, misevaluated the player. Now, in Slay's case, We've already seen he's played for years. He's not going to break down mentally or anything like that. He's just a really good player. It's a matter of, all right, does he hit the wall from a physical standpoint, age and all that, but they can get out of it in two years. And by the way, the one thing Dave didn't get, and and I'll try to talk to him and, and see what the deal is, because I think he described it as a guaranteed option bonus in 2024. Now, I've mentioned this. What does that mean? Whose option is it? Is it the team's option? Is it the player's option? Is it the third day of the league year that the Eagles can just wipe their hands of it? Um, you know, and there'll be some cap implications there. But I think that's a very important part. We still don't know. But if we if we start this process and the guy's making $17.5 million a year with a $26 million, cap hits and he ends up you know getting a signing bonus of ten point one two million um for this year you're knocked down from where he was and you get all that cap space they generated I'm trying to find the exact number 14 point two three million of cap space yeah they had to I I mean yeah, that's, that's a good deal from the understood. Eagles
2: perspective. But where I think you and I separate just a little bit is when when you get the details of a new contract being done, either free agent signing or an extension like it is in Slay, you absolutely put forth an opinion on, is this team-friendly, player-friendly? Who got the better of it? Where does it position them? And on that given day, you can absolutely have a winner and a loser. But then the evaluation goes on. You, you can't just say, because the day you signed it, it was team friendly that makes it team friendly forever no it doesn't you, th- th- then you actually have to play then you have to actually evaluate then you have to actually look at the long range effects of it and you can say well that didn't quite work out the way it was supposed to well like, no and and,
3: yes, and and that's why i said that's where we differ i mean look there's a cost to doing business in the nfl i mean there's a that, that that i mean you have a good quarterback a pro bowl quarterback you got to pay him now, does that does he turn into a bad quarterback like Carson Wentz afterwards? It, it, you really have to find it. You really have to struggle to find a collapse like Carson Wentz. So that's sort of a, an outlier. But I mean, it happens. We saw it happen. We saw yeah. it happen here. I mean, Darius Slay's a five-time Pro Bowl cornerback. Um, it, 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 uh, there's a cost of doing business with a five-time Pro Bowl cornerback. There's a cost of doing business with a second-team all-pro cornerback like James Bradbury. Um, You're not going to get those guys for $5 million so in case that they do crap the bed in the future, which probably isn't going to happen, as we both agree with. um, But if it does, yeah, it doesn't change. that. you, You have to do business in the NFL and you're not getting five time pro bowl cornerbacks for $5 million. I mean, that's just not how it works. So I, I can't, that's why I don't see that side of the argument. If you get the evaluation of any player wrong, whether it's a draft pick, whether it's a veteran, whether it's a free agent signing, it's not good, but that to me is a different conversation than the valuation of a player in the moment. That's why I,
2: I think the general manager has to be judged on both. Uh, well, I they do think they're a church and state. I think you got to bring them together at the end of a contract. You got to bring them together and say, how'd it work out? Yeah. It, in the moment you can be, you, you can cut a great deal, but if for whatever reason, valuation, evaluation performance, it all comes together at some point point. you go, well, did that work or not? And that's what I think you're eventually judged on. You can look at it and go, Hey, at the time, I'm sorry. That was a good deal but it became a non-good deal because the player.
3: Well, that's good. all GM. All GMs are ever graded on by the fan base as the players. That's it. Now you can, you can get in good with Jeffrey Lurie and the owners by doing your job in the proper way. And that's what Howie has done. But ultimately you're judged on the players. You're, you're judged on how good the player is. Jalen Rager sucks. Howie you're in, you're an idiot. That's on, uh, Yeah. Darius Slay is, uh, uh, makes a six pro bowl and, James Bradbury's an all pro, and how is the greatest thing that ever lived. But owners value that he does his job correctly.
2: Understood. And that's why Howie Roseman's going nowhere fast. Jeff and Lori appreciates Howie Roseman, even though every once in a while, a percentage of the fan base will go, What the hell is Howie thinking? All right. Uh, we are bringing it in next Mike Tanner for Football Outsiders. Uh, One of the best national writers in the country. Uh, We'll punch him up, get his thoughts on where the birds are at. And the entire national football league might give us a good uh, national perspective. Mike Tanya, football outsiders in the New York times next with us here on birds 365.
4: Go to get your game on, go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
5: Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little.
3: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with
5: you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
6: Heading
0: down the shore. Oh.
3: My name is uh, Fran and I'm a managing director here at Vale Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget.
2: get together here on birds 365 five weeks away from the nfl draft and we're not going to ask them that much about the draft maybe a question or two today we'll get him back on later when we get a little bit closer to the draft always good talking about not only eagles but the entire national football league with mike Tanya from FootballOutsiders.com. they're keeping you busy this offseason mr tenure
9: We are nothing but busy this offseason. But I'll tell you, you guys didn't tell me it was a black pullover uh, shirt. No,
3: it always is. But that's, you know, the green screen. Um, Uh, That makes sense. You always got to wear it dark. So something there. Um, So I go with the Johnny Cash look every day. But, Mike, (laughs) uh, I'll start with one of your favorite topics, Uh, the great Aaron Rodgers. You know, maybe a little ayahuasca tea. Who's got the leverage here? The Jets are the Packers because yeah, everybody back and forth. I don't think the Packers have much leverage. They're not going to pay the guy, uh, whatever it is, $60 million. So what, what has taken this so long?
9: The Jets don't have a lot of leverage either, because if they don't do this, they do not have a quarterback. They're going into the season where they have built for, I guess, a deep playoff run. I think that's where they think they're at. And you can't go into this saying, well, you know what? That, That fizzled out. Sorry, guys, we're going to go grab Carson Wentz. You you can't can't (laughs) do that if you're Joe Douglas.
3: You just scared Jody.
9: (laughs) What's happening here is they all have time until the draft. Everybody's got time until the draft. Nobody's in the facilities. Nobody's worried about somebody showing up for OTAs. So neither uh, Gutenkunst or Douglas has to make the move here so they can play a little bit of a staring contest. I think when we get to that draft – and they're looking at that first-round pick the Jets have, the two second-round picks the Jets have, and they say, what's it going to take? That's where the potential that the the Packers say, all right, we call your bluff, we're going to pay them all this money, and the Jets say, okay, well, we're going to draft a guy whether you like him or not. That's where both sides are going to say we, this is untenable, and that's when they're going to pull the
2: trigger. All right, let's say um, the the deal gets worked out, whatever it is, a yeah. one- or tutus two future, yeah. way, blah, 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 blah. whatever the payment is, the payment is, it's not outrageous. The the Packers don't rob the Jets. The Jets right. don't hoodwink the Packers. The right. compensation's the compensation. Here's my concern from a Jet perspective. Is this guy committed to the New York Jets? I know he came out of the darkness after a ayahuasca <laughs> bath oh, and said, I want to be a New York Jet, but is he truly committed to going in and at age 40 going, Yeah, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to rally the troops. I'm going to be the leader. We know how talented he is, but is he just going to connect with his teammates and the coaching staff
9: and be the leader that the Jets needed QB? The guy who said he was 90% sure he was retired before he went into his – In the
3: darkness. Into the
9: darkness. Yeah. Before he went goth, the guy who has gone out of his way not to connect with his coaches since about 2014 or so – the guy who's gone out of his way to only connect with a very select group of his teammates. Yeah. We, we all see this. We, we, we all see the same thing. Is this guy, he's going to come in. He's going to want to play his favorites. The jets are bringing his favorites in. They brought Lazard in, they brought in Hackett They're They're moving things around to make, to accommodate him. And the likelihood that he's coming in and you know, I hate to say like a cash grab, but the likelihood where he's coming in and at the first sign of things, not being the way he likes it, he's going to be like, Oh, well, uh, we have to have a talk about this. That's brutally high. That is brutally high for the Jets. And, I, I, you know, this is obviously something I think comes in at the ownership level. I don't think Joe Douglas hates the idea of bringing Aaron Rodgers in, but I think he's already realizing this is a bit of a Faustian bargain. And that, uh, and I'll say this. The Vegas line right now for the Jets is 9.5. The house has built in the idea that Rodgers is there, and they're building him yeah. 9.5. Oh, 9. Yeah. You are doing this to win 10 games. This is everything not to win the Super Bowl, not to be better than the Bills up there with the Chiefs, to win 10 games with a 40-year-old quarterback. I would be very nervous if I were the Jets. I'd be very nervous about uh, if I were a Jets fan.
3: Is there any value to that? I mean, we talk about it all the time, and you guys do so so much great analytical work. Um, You know, And there is this... I think it's more of a modern thought, certainly, that as you mentioned, 10 wins with a 40 year old quarterback, what's that really worth versus three wins and getting a a ton of draft capital, sort of like what Chicago has done. Right. Um, On the other hand, you have the Jets and their history, as Jody can tell you, and in deep pain. Um, (laughs) You know, they've been this way, they haven't been improving. Um, so right. is there, how much value is there to win in 10 games with a 40 year old quarterback? That, that's, Cause he, is, he will win 10 games.
9: Yeah. Yeah. And it's tricky because if you ask jet fans, they'll say, we'll take it. It's been a 12 year playoff drought. We will take this and run with it. And it's like, well, if that ha- makes the fans happy, that's something. There's a difference between, I mean, what you've got in Joe Douglas is a fourth year, fifth year GM and, yeah. uh, and Robert Sala, who's a third year coach saying we need to show progress. 10 wins shows progress. Nobody, nobody gets fired. Nobody has to put the house up for sale. There's something logical to doing that. Um, the question is, are you just delaying things a year? I'll tell you right now, if they had gone out and gotten Derek Carr, who's a lesser quarterback, but would come in with a highly motivated to, to continue his career thing, they'd probably be at about 9.5 wins right now. We'd be talking about 10 wins, but we'd also be talking about somebody who's more affordable, somebody who gives them two or three years to grow. It's just very sketchy to say, it's one thing to say, Hey, look, we show progress. We're a playoff team now and we're a playoff team, but our quarterback is 41 and we have to move heaven and earth to compensate him. Two very different things to balance. If you're the jets.
2: Now, and since we went quarterback, I'm staying quarterback with you, Mike, but I'm moving it here to Philadelphia, but it's yeah. not an analytic. You can look up at football outsiders. You can use it to buttress your opinion, but I mm-hmm. need an opinion on just goodwill. Yeah, the Eagles are going to try and get a contract extension done with Jalen Hurts. Everybody knows yes. it. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, at some point, it will over outweigh everything else the Eagles are doing. And I don't think it's just going to come together the way that some other people do. I think this is going to drag on. I don't think you're getting a Burrow deal done anywhere. You don't think you're right. getting a uh, Herbert deal done. And Lamar Jackson. Mike Tanya's getting almost as much free agent uh, attention as Lamar Jackson is these days. (laughs) So nobody's moving the needle on the quarterbacks and the new structure of contracts in the NFL. Is there a date that you would have in mind where you go, all right, yeah, now this is going to start to be a problem because they haven't gotten anything done because they haven't moved any closer that the fan base is going to start to go. Yeah, why didn't we get the that his teammates? And this is probably the biggest one we're gonna see. Our first pay the man tweet. Yeah, you gotta grasp on the timeline on how this works. As to when it right now, it's dead. I'll get it done. At some point, that's not gonna be the case. How does it work over the course of the next couple months?
9: That's true. It's March twenty third <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, why isn't this deal done? That's yeah. what, you know, you're still like we're not there the yet, but we're gonna get there at some point, Mike. We'll get there. Let's look at where we are in July as camp approaches, and let's look at the trio of quarterbacks because I think one of the factors in terms of the urgency is: is this a Jalen Hurts situation or is this a third year entering fourth year quarterback situation where everyone can see around the league that like three different teams are trying to like uh, converge on this. So I think the urgency will heat up closer to the summer. I think they're going to get free agency. They're going to get the draft, look at the budget, look at the long-term budget and start making offers. And my gut tells me the Eagles will get in ahead of the chargers and the Bengals in part because how he works more quickly and with more intentionality than those two teams. And, and because Lori has more money than those yes,
3: two teams, they, they don't, don't, they don't uh, Cleveland, uh, Cincinnati doesn't have the money to put in escrow to pay Joe Burrow. They, right. they, they, they don't, that they, they have a problem. They Eagle have a stuff.
9: problem. They just paid Orlando Brown. So that's putting yeah. some money in escrow. They've got a plan to play Jamar chase. That's putting some money in escrow. They lost some of their safeties and some of their guys already because they can't put it together. I th- don't think the Chargers are in that boat anymore. But a couple of years ago, the Chargers yeah, a couple of
3: years ago they were. Yeah.
9: Um, and, and overlaid on all of this is, I don't think any of these agents are going to ask for a Deshaun Watson guarantee. But these, but the, but the GMs are going to try and create a guarantee structure. I think everyone's going to be looking to ring a two hundred million dollar bell. And I think it's going to be an uh, is on Howie to be like, well, you know what? The official guarantee is actually going to be 130. I don't know. Pull a number in there. But then there's a roster bonus 2024 that kicks in for 2025. You know, all that kind of bells and whistles type of thing to get that. So that's going to take time. I don't think we're going to see urgency, though, until we're getting closer to camp and everybody's got to walk through no, that
3: door. Yeah. And then I've, I've told Jody, if you go back to Carson Wentz, June yeah. 1st is a big day. Yes, uh, they signed Carson Wentz, I think it was June 6th, because okay. the Eagles get things done early. Most teams, though, do what Mike just said, beginning of camp. You, you know, everybody goes on vacation. People don't believe they don't do anything. They're on vacation like everybody else. They're not talking, they're not doing anything. Then they get back in in advance of camp. All right, let's get stuff done. Yeah. yeah. That happened with Landon Dickerson. We had that discussion draft picks don't hold out anymore i said they're going to sign him they're going to sign him they're going to sign him but they didn't get it done before they got it done after they got back from vacation so there are certain days on the nfl calendar that are a big deal june 1st one of them yes startup training camp another uh, i think you're right we'll see how it shakes out though yeah. uh mike i do want to sort of bring it both together what we we're talking about and howie roseman I talk about this a lot, Jeffrey Jeffrey Lurie, and, and Jimmy Kemsky asked Howie this, our buddy, um, before the Super Bowl. You know, how much is it a luxury that you don't have to – you just talked about Joe Douglas. He's got a GM for his job, so to speak. You know, he's got to show improvement. That's why you go after a 40-year-old quarterback. Right. Howie's so entrenched, he gets to do things – Other general managers don't get to do. How big of an advantage do you think that is for the Eagles?
9: I think it's demonstrated what a big advantage it is when this team went from the Super Bowl to the pits to the Super Bowl to the Super Bowl again in the course of six seasons. There have been whole swathes of franchises who've been in rebuilding mode that entire time. And the Eagles built, collapsed, and built again in that time. You look at teams like the Detroit Lions, the Cleveland Browns, the Jets, obviously. You can go to these other teams. Teams like the Steelers, who are really well-run organizations, have been like, oh, we're like 9 and 10 wins every year for that entire period and didn't have the highs. So yeah, yeah. that's an advantage. I say, though, this, it's only really an advantage as long as Howie is working in concert with the coaching staff because the continuity at the general manager position and the ability to like make these bold cross-court pass type trades acquisitions only works if the coaches are saying we're the ones who need these players this is what we this is our type this is our need this is our long-term ex- uh, uh, expectation so you kind of had it with Peterson then you lost it with Peterson and now you seem to have it with Sirianni so that's the strength if it starts being friction and I think it was friction a couple of times there all yeah. along the way, over yeah. the last 12 years then that becomes the problem Mike, need you take on this one
2: because it became a talking point here in town, as it should have, because he showed up. Uh, Bijan Robinson is a potential Eagle draft pick. Oh heavens! Now we, we continue <laughs> to state that the Eagles don't take running backs. Well, history's history. Facts are facts. They just haven't. Right. But the Eagles also like to be cutting edge. John, was just talking about? everybody's doing voidable years now Howie might've been the first, but everybody in the league is doing it and putting it. So the Eagles like setting mm-hmm. the agenda for the league too, and being ahead of the curve, drafting a running back with number, the number 10 pick on a draft would certainly be uh, resetting the curve again. Hasn't been done since Saquon <laughs> Barkley. Any chance Eagles to go down that road? Just when we think, Oh, that never happened. 11 happened. How he does a switcheroo again and
9: says, yeah, we'll dictate terms for the entire league. No, no. <laughs> no. Roseman is is analytics oriented. He's well aware of what happens if you take a, a running back that high, even in terms of the fifth-year option you would have to put in front of that running back if he had a couple of good years. Now, if if Bijan is there at about 30 where, where the Eagles pick 30 Thirty, yeah 30 and then there's 30. A, a logic there and what happens is the entire compensation package differs and of course it's different he's your second first round pick probably and you went out and you got one of these mm-hmm. uh, uh edges or a defensive tackle or, or, or just the best available athlete so I don't see it happening Bijan is remarkable because I, I do a lot of you know around the country radio fans want Bijan
3: oh they, yeah well, they always want the skilled player, the sexy player. They, you know, the Eagles are built on. Wait, we Jody and I were talking about it early in the show, Mike. The core four: Jason Kelsey, yes, offensive line, Lane Johnson, offensive line, yeah. Brandon Graham, defensive line, Fletcher Cox, defensive line. Yes, everybody still wants the running back, the receiver. <laughs> it, it, right, it, it doesn't register.
9: Right, right. I was I, I, talking to Falcons fans. Like, if Falcons are going to bring in Bijan Robinson. Like, the Falcons are going to get a running back. You don't have an anything. You do <laughs> not have an anything. you actually have okay running backs. You just want a guy that you watched at Texas, and he, he is amazing. Uh, but I do not see the Eagles bringing Bijan. Long story short.
3: Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, league as a whole. Um, who who have made the biggest improvements? Everybody, you know, the Bears had. Six billion dollars in cap space, (laughs) um, and totally tore it down. So obviously they've gotten some good players, improved. Although I don't know about paying ninety-two million dollars to off-ball linebackers, but um, they—they obviously improved talent-wise. But I look at Detroit and I look at Dallas. Am I Mm -hmm. wrong or am I right, Mike Tannier?
9: You are absolutely right, and it is bad news for eagles fans that the cowboys really have improved and you know we, i think we know what the eagles are trying to do is trying to prevent like a complete collapse of this team and that's what they've been working on yeah it's like oh we got slay back got bradbury back and get graham back kelsey unretires and it's like well you there's no way you can keep hargrave in that situation etc so they're holding serve. the cowboys are legitimately improving okay stefan gilmore is a legitimate improvement at cornerback it gives them bookend corners brandon cooks On a short deal, when his head's in the game with a quarterback who can throw, not Davis Mills, but Dak Prescott, is a heck of a guy to be your wide receiver, too. And it looks like the Cowboys have built, in part, to be able to counter the Eagles with these guys. It's like, okay, we can pass rush. We we have guys now who can cover both uh, Smitty and A.J. Brown, and we've got more weapons on offense. You mentioned the Lions also. Lions were another team with lots of money, lots of draft picks. Just completely just kind of bought, bought a secondary. Yeah. just What a second, C.J. Gardner uh, Johnson, uh, they brought in uh, Cam Smith.
3: Sutton, Cam Sutton uh, Cam from Sanders, Pittsburgh.
9: Emmanuel yeah. Mosley went healthy, heck of a player. Yeah. The other team I would add is the Browns have done a very good job adding players and I got to pull it up real quick. They just made a trade yesterday for Elijah Moore. They needed sort of a guy who can gobble up passes over the middle. They were terrible at defensive tackle. They went out and they got Dalvin Tomlinson, who's a pretty good player. Tristan Hill, who's like a space eater. They've done a lot to do what the Browns need to do, which is they better win soon because they're paying $6 billion to this guy at quarterback.
2: Let <laughs> me ask you about Brandon cooks. I know this is not necessarily, it's kind of like uh more TMZ ish than football <laughs> outsider ish. Yeah. W- why is Brandon cooks traded every 20 minutes? He's a nice, he puts up good numbers. Unbelievable. He never gets the free agency. He always signs an extension with somebody, but after he's traded to them, What's the deal? Is he just no. uh, uh, a malingerer? Because the numbers look good on paper. When I watch him play, I go, "That guy can make plays," but he continues to change uh, teams.
9: What's the deal with Brandon Cooks? Yeah, the other things you never hear anything. There's nothing ever like, "Oh, well, here was you know an arrest," or here was a right. He's not attack. on a police blotter. No. Not at all. And 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 like I've never gotten a coach or GM even like mumbly saying something bad about him. Now, what happened in Houston, there was a regime change last year, okay? And there was an uh, individual by the name of Jack Easterby who was kind of operating a showrunner for that team, sort of above the GM, below the ownership group. And uh, he, was a, uh, he was a unique character, let's put it that way. And all the <laughs> scuttlebutt was that Brandon Cooks was, like, his guy, one of his guys, okay? When, when uh, the regime change happened, Cooks was not happy with that, was specifically not happy with that and was also playing on a team that was very bad, has been very bad for a couple of years, didn't have outstanding cornerback quarterback play. So over the last year, it was clear that Cooks was not happy and was just a terrible fit where he was in Houston. That part we know. What I don't know is why it was so often before that teams were so eager to move on because, yeah. again, you never got like a real paper trail of why.
3: I think, I think you know, when Brandon does hang it up, I, I, I've argued, Mike, that – you should sign a one-day contract with every team that traded for him, <laughs> uh, and retire yes. as the most traded player. Because this is baseball. I mean, oh. trades like this doesn't don't happen in football. And he's been a very good player. It doesn't it doesn't make sense on so many levels. Yeah, but I do think he's an improvement for the Cowboys. Unfortunately, for Eagles fans, exactly. You have. Um, Do you have a bad contract for us when you look around and say, well, what the hell is, what the hell is this?
9: Um, Uh, Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the off ball linebackers and that was one. Although when you really look at those deals, it's kind of like they're front loaded. Like we, we just got money to burn right now and we might as well bring in some dudes. Yeah. the I gotta pull it up right now. Mike McGlinchey was very oh, good. Mike, Yeah, yeah, very good, good player, player.
3: But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
9: right tackle. And the Broncos bring him in uh, five years, eighty-seven point five million reported, uh, thirty-five million fully guaranteed. And I'm looking at this, and the cap hits come in big. And this is a cap-strapped Broncos team that is trying to like build something around Russell Wilson, or maybe build for a future without Russell Wilson. And as soon as the get, signs this deal, Jerry Judy is like on the trade block, and everything we hear is receiver Jerry Judy's on the block. I've heard that Sutton might be on the bl- block, the other receiver. So what are you doing? Super paying your right tackle, and then rebuilding your receiving core. That's like robbing yeah. Peter to pay Paul. When- yeah, I'm
3: disappointed. I like George uh, Payton, and I'm yeah. disappointed with what's going on now. Part of it's getting things wrong with they. They got the coach wrong. I yeah. mean. Nathaniel Hackett was a disaster but you know Peyton was sort of like he was like a mini Eric DaCosta he, he yeah. never left he would get interview after interview and he's saying I'm not leaving I'm going to stick with Rick Spielman yeah. and for years he was he had this great reputation he finally goes all right this is it I'm going to take the Denver job and it hasn't worked out Oof!
9: nice drafting but although some of the draft picks have gotten yeah, drafting, right. yeah it was,
3: was and, good and though
9: is- and you had this big whiff there. And the other thing is ownership group, new ownership group in Denver. There's some people involved in that ownership group who sound like they're hands-on. Okay. Maybe some people who are used to having an incredible amount of power in this world, who are going to be hands-on in that team, the you other know, who think they can order tanks and helicopters around and yeah. Hey, Russell Wilson around. So there's a little bit of friction here there that seems to have impacted the coaching search uh for, for Sean Payton and maybe impacting things as well.
2: All right, uh, I'm going to ask a similar question to John, but more specific on position, and that's good and bad contracts with quarterbacks. If we take Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo put them on the side, they're brought in unquestionable to be their starters for their teams. Everyone else is at best competing for a job. Heinecke and Atlanta and Dalton and Carolina hold down the Ford if the rookie's not ready to play, day number one. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett, Mike White, Case Keenum. Who did the best of the other quarterbacks, either pure backups, unquestioned backups, or, yeah, they'll get a chance to compete if they're the starter. They're only going to be the starter for a period of time before someone else takes over. Who contract-wise, who fit-wise do you think made a nice agreement and made a questionable agreement, if you got one of each?
9: I'll go with the nice agreement the commander's bringing in Brissette. Brissett is better than Heineke because he's more reliable on a throw by throw basis. He's better than Carson Wentz because his head will be in the game for everything that he's being called upon to do. So they actually upgraded over last year's quarterbacks and Brissett comes in. And again, he is a team first winner mentality type of guy who comes into a team who has decent receivers. And decent uh, offensive line, and has a great defensive lineup. I'm not saying the Commanders are a playoff team, but they're going to be tough outs, and it's not going to be that sort of jokey thing when you play the Commanders with Brissette there. So he could hold off Sam Howell. He could hold off a rookie, so to speak. Um, really, ba- I don't think there's any really bad fits about that group. I will say the whole idea that like, you know, wherever Baker Mayfield goes, he brings this click a clickbait <laughs> tendency with him, and He's going into Tampa, folks. He's going into Tampa because Tampa is economizing, and they are just kicking tires randomly on a guy who had buzz, you know, a year or two ago. The idea that he's going to rejuvenate his career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, you know, sign a six-year deal and be Brady's era—that's
3: that's, <laughs> that storytelling.
9: I'll see you man, that's, huh, Mike,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Mike Tanya, Follow Mike on uh, uh, Twitter. Does a tremendous job at Football Outsiders. Uh, contributor at the New York times as well. Uh, so you can read Mike all over the place. i up with the Eagles backup quarterback, Marcus Mariota. They finally did the deal eight, eight, eight years, wh- whatever the hell it was late, but uh, <laughs> Marcus is finally here. What, what, what did you see from him last year? Obviously it didn't end well uh, in Atlanta. Uh, it's blamed out now twice as a starter, but, Looks like a solid backup in this league, and the Eagles always value that position. Yeah, he looks like a solid backup who fits the system.
9: Early in the season, Mariota was playing well within a very tight structure. And it became clear, clearer, and clearer as the weeks went on with the Falcons that he had to be very strictly within that structure, that the deep balls were not going to get down the field uh, with, with any kind of real velocity, et cetera. And again, the biggest issue is when they went to uh, Desmond Ritter, which he should have anticipated. Yeah. Uh, he, he he did not handle it well and went AWOL. So he should be coming in with a with the, the proper mentality here. I think it's a fine pickup. I think I think he's a upgrade over Gardner Minshew in that position, frankly.
2: All right. Here's a position that I know I share with my partner. We think of it the same. I want to get yours in it as well, because this is the lead up to the week with the owners and the uh, competition committee putting forth potential rule changes, which will then go to vote the one that's gotten the most attention, certainly here in Philadelphia, is the tush push. The can you use a secondary player to push a quarterback forward mm-hmm. for a first down? John and I see this the same. A lot of Eagle fans are ticked off that they're even talking about this because Jalen Hurts was so good at it last year. Right. If they made it illegal, I think that would actually benefit the Eagles because yeah. their quarterback's still going to be able to get it because he's a beast. <laughs> and other yeah. teams' quarterbacks aren't. How do you think they handled the tush-push this offseason? Will it be re-ruled in the NFL?
9: I don't think they have the votes, and I think to get the votes, you have to say there would have to be injury evidence. You know, all they took was one injury where it was very clear that, like, oh, you pushed him and he hit his head. Um, so unless they, like, like preemptively say that that's a, a risk, I don't think they have the votes. And, I don't look at it from an eagle standpoint in this respect. I look at it from a football standpoint. I right. would rather see tush pushes than punts, okay. And I would rather see defenses trying to be innovative somewhere along the way and say we're going to come up with a way to to combat this um, than the idea that like oh it's legislated away. You don't have to worry about this sort of thing anymore. So I I I think it's interesting. I think teams should keep it, and I don't think right now there's enough votes to overturn it. All right. When we get the vote, we vote for Mike
2: Tenure. Joining us anytime <laughs> we can get him here on Birds 365. We appreciate you going black like the two hosts. Thank you much for that. Always good to see you, Mike. And uh, we'll get you back up in a couple of weeks.
9: Absolutely. Take care, guys. Thanks, Next, Mike.
2: Your FootballOutsiders.com. Check out the website. Uh, it's good analyst work, analysis, uh, analytics as you're going to find out there these days. All right. He, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, you know what we got to do? We got to come back. We've got to put a bow on the show wrapping up a Thursday next here on birds 365
4: go to get your game on go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit.
5: I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear.
6: And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Is the best vacation one that you find or one you get lost in? One that takes you to new heights or reminds you to go with the flow, to get your feet wet and your wheels spinning? One that lets you find your own rhythm or get carried away? Find the best of yourself get lost in the woods plan your stay in the wildwoods today plan your day with confidence keep the umbrellas on hand with action news and accuweather numerous tornadoes your go-to team when severe weather strikes the water is still rising keeping you prepared wherever you watch action news and accuweather the team you trust
8: we all know that taxes are just part of life it's true during our working years but also in retirement But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their social security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
5: As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now a catastrophic injury while working on the job a personal injury from someone else's negligence turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story it's time to meet the fritz and beyond Cooley law firm and managing partner Brian Fritz badly injured call the fritz and beyond Cooley law firm find out why they say we got this
2: the on the show here on birds 365 thursday edition we'll wrap up the week uh manana thanks to both john stolness from bleeding green nation and mike tanya from football outsiders for jumping in and doing guest spots with us today all right johnny you got any uh new eagle meet and greet scheduled today uh no can-
3: um the only guy we haven't met is marcus marcus Mariota. he's uh he's in hawaii so uh, we're not going to get. Oh, you didn't event. get the
2: assignment from Sports Illustrated to fly to Hawaii and. Uh, yeah. An I, 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 we
3: March were joking about that. yesterday. Mariana, no. We were joking yeah. about that to get the, uh, get the trip to Honolulu, uh, but that's not going to happen. So, uh, uh, I don't think Marcus is going to get introduced at least because remember the NFL meetings are next week uh, in Arizona. So, mm-hmm. Howie and Jeffrey are going to be out there early in the week. So. I would say not even next week, probably the week after that, before we get to see Marcus Mariota. And, uh, we also haven't talked to the coordinators yet. So the Eagles are waiting for the entire coaching staff to be put in yeah, place. What, all,
2: what do they got left on the car? Co- I know assistant quarterback coach. Cause, uh,
3: uh they, they hired a, a D backs coach. Um, and that's pretty much it, but they're working out some titles, um, maybe some quality control guys, but, uh, there's always some promotions and things like that. So uh, titles are a big thing in the NFL now. Sure. Charlie. Oh yeah. yeah. That
2: yeah. dictates what you kind can of can't block. You have to give them permission to go interview with another team. Not if it's a lateral move. So yeah, titles are pretty damn important. Uh, so uh, you, when do you think you will get a chance to talk? Cause uh, you, I, you and I, I are would... on the same page here. Sorry to interrupt. Um, about, uh, we, we... And it sounds like we're both questioning Brian Johnson. I'm not. I like the guy. And uh, he's very well uh, spoken about across the entire league. I think it's more of a tip of the cap to uh, Shane Steichen. Shane, yeah. Well,
3: I look at at the difference between Nick and Shane. I mean, Shane was a better play caller than Nick. I'm sorry. Um, Results are in. That's exactly the way it happened. It's Nick's offense. And Nick's a big part of putting everything together. But as far as the feel. From play to play to play, Shane was really, really good at it. And I think people underestimate that aspect yep. of it. But as I said with John, I think, you know, the Eagles are so good offensively. I think, you know, they're going to out talent people. Um, but I, yeah, I'm, that's not an insult to Brian Johnson. I, that's rare when somebody comes in and has that kind of feel as Shane Steichen did.
2: And we continue to talk about the fact that he's known the quarterback forever. Knowing a guy uh, being on the same page as a guy being simpatico with a guy is all very good and it's plus, but then actually calling the right play in the right moment at the right time. And no matter how well, you know, the quarterback doesn't mean you're absolutely going to call the right play. So yeah, I think that is something that we have to keep our eye on. So You're not gonna. You don't want to venture a guess as to when you are gonna get your first chance to ask Brian Johnson. Well, same
3: thing. Two, not next week, but the week after would be my guess, Um, and then we'll get to meet some of the assistants as well, the new assistants, Um, and that'll be sort of um, staggered up to the draft. Um, um, But yeah, that'll start. That that process will start, but next week is the league meeting, so I don't they'll they'll be back on Wednesday. Um, I don't think there'll be anything Thursday or Friday, but that's just a guess.
2: All right, before they leave for the league meetings, will Howie Roseman sign another tier two free agent? Because we're certainly oh. past tier one; we're well into tier two, depending on how finite you want to be in breaking down the tiers. Will Howie sign another guy before the... Uh, yeah, I think
3: there's over. a good chance that they still need to add talent. They're always picking over, trying to find... They made it very clear that they're not done at safety. So, uh, Adrian Amos is still out there. That's the name I keep focusing on because he's got a history with Sean Desai. Um, and he's a good player, not a great player, but he would fix, you know, to the point where you don't have to pay him a lot of money. Um you know, and you can feel comfortable saying you don't have to reach for anything. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they're gonna sign more players, no question about okay. that. But they're all gonna be in that same theme. They're not gonna risk compensatory picks, it's gonna be one year deals at this point. And you know, you're hoping for Chris Long or Legarrett Blunt or you know, Patrick Robinson. But you're not
2: sure it's going to be that skilled blocking wide receiver to replace Zach Pascal. Boy, you won't
3: let me down on that. I, I, I just—it's a nice luxury to have. It's all luxury
2: I being the key word. That's yeah. right. You've got that right, Johnny Mac. It's a luxury. That's why it's I'm
3: a luxury to have and They're not getting it because they're yeah, not not,
2: not, not sweating that all that much. All right, uh, Jay Mac. Good show today. I'm going to come back tomorrow. How about you?
3: Uh, yeah. I'll keep getting my uh, Zach Pascal come up. It's uh, a. But I'll be here for it's it. It's
2: a football Friday with McMullen and McDonald here in 2 and 2.
1: You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs> on Birds 365.